Don't let them fool you. Don't don't act like a dummy. Just just concentrate on something else. Let me tell you the folks. The reason we sing praise and worship before I minister is to soften our hearts to the word. Amen. In other words, is to get us ready to receive from God. Because what the Lord has put in my heart today is called servanthood. I know it's a big word, but all it really means is we're the servants of God. Amen. That's pretty much all it means. But servanthood is, is what we need to learn how to do. And I'm going to read to us the, word, the definition for the word serve in just a minute. But if you will take your Bible and turn with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 44 and 45. as we honor God at the reading of his word this morning. Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 44. It says, And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We ask you to help us to have a full understanding of what it means before we leave here today. If there's any questions that need to be asked, God, let them be willing to come to me after service and talk to me. And I'll do what I can to answer any questions they might have, God, as you give the direction to do so. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I tell you what, when the Lord gave this to me yesterday, I wondered if it was going to be one of those messages where somewhere down the line he had actually changed his mind and give me a different message, but he didn't. He told me, this is what you're preaching to my people because they need to know what it means to be a servant of mine. You know, we can't serve God and the world at the same time. You can't do it. You're either going to love one and hate the other or cling to one and despise the other. In other words, you can't hold to both of them at the same time. It's just not possible. I know that there are some people who, are, who, who we call babes in Christ, which means that they're just now starting on their walk with the Lord. And, and I understand that. When I first came to know the Lord as Savior, I I had many hang-ups. I had many hang-ups. I was dipping Copenhagen. I was going out every night, carousing the bars, drinking to my fill, to an excess. I was doing drugs like they were going out of style, like I was about to run out of them. And, I, and sometimes it actually did. And I tell you, you knew a different me when you were around me and I didn't have my drugs. But you know what? God did a mighty work inside of me. And he got rid of all of that junk. He, he saved me and he filled me with his spirit. And right now, I am so happy to say that my name is written in the land book of life. 
And I know without a shadow of a doubt, you know, they say in court, in order to convict, you have to do so without a shadow of a doubt. In other words, if you have even an inkling that something may not be kosher, that something's wrong, you've got to say not guilty. But you know what? I'm going to hear that when I get to heaven. I'm going to hear him say not guilty. Because the devil is the accuser is going to be up there, and he's going to be saying, well, look at what he did over here. Look at what he did right there. But the Lord's going to be looking at each, each of those things, and he's going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see anything. And it's because my sins are under the blood. Praise God. My sins are under the blood. They've been washed away. I, I'm not perfect by any means, but I'm here to tell you today, though, that as far as I can remember and know, I don't have any unconfessed sin in my life. If I ever do have, the first thing I do is get my prayer bones and I say, Lord, please forgive me for what for such and such. And you know what? The Bible says if I'll do that, he is just and willing to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So I'm here to tell you today, folks, that's the most important decision you're going to make today about who you're going to serve whether it's God or the world or the devil. And let me tell you, the world and the devil are pretty much inseparable. In other words, if you're living for the devil, you're living for the world. And if you're living for the world, you're living for the devil. And then it says, like I said in that verse number uh, 44, it says, And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. Now, let me give you that definition. And then it says that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. Let me read to you the definition of the word serve here real quick. It says, but the meaning of service is more than the use of a simple word. It is a lifelong dedication and commitment helping others to a better life, to higher standards. To provide real service demands that the giver has the benefit of others in their prior, as their priority. In other words, we've got to get our eyes off the self. That's number one. Is that we have to get our eyes off the self. And I know that's hard to do because that's what the world has always taught us to do. Ever since we were born, probably, in some way, fashion, or shape, whether it be through television, or whether it be through reading things, or whether it's through television, whatever the case might be, it's always been about do what you can to take care of yourself first. Well, that's not what the God, Word of God says. The Word of God says, I am to consider others better than myself. In other words, Minister to them and their needs before I try to do what I need to do for myself. My, my eyes have to be on each and every one of you here this morning. I, I've got to keep my focus where it belongs. Number one, my focus needs to be on Jesus. But then it needs to be on each and every one of you. I need to do what I can to reach out and minister to your needs, whatever they are. Physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially. Whatever, those are the five main areas of a person's life. In whatever area that you may need the help and assistance, please don't hesitate to give me a call or come by my come by my house or even come by the office 
and I'll be happy to talk with you and pray with you and counsel with you and whatever else you might do. Because I'm here to tell you today, folks, that God wants us to get our eyes off of ourselves and on to the people around us and upon, of course, Jesus first and foremost. So I'm, I'm here to tell you today, folks, that if I want to be considered of a person important in the kingdom of God, then I have to do what he says to do to make that happen. And that is to become a slave of all. In other words, I have to perform duties for other people that will be beneficial to them. In other words, that's what being a slave is. <coughs> Doing performing duties and things that are going to be beneficial to them. And so that's what I need to do. Now, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not standing up here saying I want to be a, a person of importance, okay? Don't get me wrong. That's not what I just said. If you're carefully listening to me, you heard me say this, that if I'm going to be a slave to all, my eyes have to be on what your need is and do what I can to minister and meet that need. Okay? That's what I'm talking about this morning. And then it says that Jesus himself said this about himself. He said, I did not come. It said, Son of Man, but that's actually a term for Jesus. And he says, I did not come into this world to be served. You know, in other words, we need to understand once again what served and served means. There are actually two different things. In other words, serve means that it's like I go into a restaurant and I sit down and I sit down and here comes the waiter or the waitress and I say, well, today, tomorrow dinner looks good to me. How about bringing me that? Now that is to be served. In other words, that person is going to go to the kitchen. They're going to turn my ticket in. And they're going, now of course I'm going to get charged for it, but, <laughs> but anyway, they're going to turn the ticket in, the cook's going to make it, the waiter or waitress is going to grab it up and bring it to me when it's ready. And that's being served. That's, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I didn't come to, to be the one waited on. But I am the waitor. In other words, I go to that individual, and this is another thing I've started doing since I told you about that Pastor Love letter. This is another thing that I've been doing. I'll always ask them when I, before I start to leave, is there anything I can do to pray with you about? Is there anything I can do for you or pray with you about? Because that's my heart's desire, is to make sure that I leave people off, the better off than the way I found them. So anyways, so I'm here now as the waiter, and I'm asking that individual sitting there what hit, what they would like. Well, they tell me, and then I'm the one that takes the ticket, goes back to the chef, and has them make it up and brings it back, and I serve them. In other words, it's not, I'm, I'm not being served, I'm serving. And that's what God wants. He wants us to get our eyes off the self. He wants us to have a humble mind. In other words, we have to have a willingness and a desire to minister to people in their needs. Because if we don't, we're not 
being the servant that God wants us to be. He didn't just save us to say, okay, I'm saved now. I'm going to sit down. I'm just going to wait on the glory train. Whenever it comes, I'm ready to go. He didn't do that. He, cre he saved you to be his servant. In other words, he wants you to do things for other people. He wants your mind and your eyes off of self and focus them on where they belong, which is on Jesus and other people. Because that's what Jesus came to do. He came to serve. And he wants you and me to do the same thing. So number two is we have to have a love for people. We won't want to serve them if we don't love them most likely. But you know what? The Bible says it doesn't matter what how they treat me. It doesn't matter what they might do to me, say about me, or anything else. Well, you only have to love them if they treat you right. You only have to love them if they uh, don't talk about you behind your back. You don't have to love them if they don't do such and such. But if, but the Lord said, love all the time, all the people, everywhere. So in other words, even when people mistreat me, I've got to love them. Let me tell you this. I'm not going to give you the details, but I'll say this. I had something happen to me back in my childhood that I remember to this very day. And it was not a pleasant thing. But you know what? I've even forgiven that individual. And I tell you what, God will do the same for you. If you're dealing with something, an issue of some kind that somebody's done you wrong and, and it has been for a while since it's happened to you and you're still holding on to that grudge, you're still holding on to uh, what happened, and guess what? You can't get past it. You can't move on. You can't move ahead. You can't forgive them if you're still holding on to that grudge and that misbehavior, whatever it might have been. But once you release it to the Lord, once you let go of it and give it to God, then you can start forgiving that person. And I just encourage you to do so. I encourage there not to be anything that's going to keep you from making it to heaven. Because the Bible says this. It says that if you do not forgive others of their trespasses against you, then guess what? God is not going to forgive you of your trespasses. We've got to be sure that our lives are right with God. Because he's coming and he's coming soon. I can't give you the date, hour, and time, but I do know this. That... He's coming, and he's coming soon. Things in this world are getting to the point where there can't be much much longer before he comes. It says, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. When the time is right, Jesus is coming back. He's coming to get his bride. He's coming to get you and me. And I tell you what, I'm ready. And I know you are too, probably. But you know what? Whether you, if you're not, you've got to get ready. Because we know, the Bible says, nobody but the Father knows when the time will be, the day will be out. In other words, I don't, that, that tells me that I don't even think Jesus himself knows when he's coming. I think his, his dad is just going to finally look at him one day, his father's going to look at him one day and say, go get your bride. And like I said, I don't believe it's going to be much longer. But like I said, it could be another thousand years from now. I doubt it very, 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 very seriously, but it could be. 
I can't tell you when it will be. That's why we got to be instant, in season and out. We got to be ready every single moment of every single day of our lives. Because one thing is, if the Lord continues to tarry and doesn't come, one of, each and every one of us one day will taste death. We will be buried under six feet of dirt, and we will have to give an account on that day to the Lord for what we, what we did when we were here on this earth. And I tell you, folks, I don't know about you, but I'm not terrified of that day. I hope you're not. If you are, you can come after service when I'm going to give the altar call. You can come and you can make things right with the Lord if you need to. But what I'm saying is, is this, that we are to reach out and serve others and get our eyes off of self. It says that the final thing is about being a servant, number one was to uh, get your eyes on other people. And then number two was to love that individual. And then number three is this. Be self-sacrificing. Did you know that to reach certain people, you've got to be willing to relinquish some of your rights? Did you know that? You do. you got to be, like for instance, let me give you an example. There was a lady in a church that we pastored at in West Texas. And one, we started having game night. I think it was the last Sunday night of every month. But anyway, point being is that there was something that she required about every game that was ever brought up to the church to play. She said, no dice games. None. None, none whatsoever. No Monopoly. No Wahoo. No. What other kind of games are there that involve dice? Yahoo, not Yahoo, Yahtzee, no, not on the table, you can't, you can't play those games, you expect me to be here, and you know what, I didn't want to become a stumbling block to that system, so even though I would have had every right to bring all of those games to the church, and play all of those different games at, at the church service, I could have done that. But number one, she would have walked out of the church, I'm sure. But number two, I would have become a stumbling block to her. And I don't, I can't do that. I can't become a stumbling block to someone. So there's there may be some things that you're going to have to be willing to forego and, and not do in order to win somebody to Jesus or to, to bring them into the kingdom of God. And so that's where I want us to be encouraged is, is that we have to be self-sacrificing like Jesus gave his own life for us. So like I said, it may not be comfortable for us to do certain things. It may, it may not be uh, something that we can really understand why I can't do this or that or the other. But as long as you know the game rules, so to speak, and as long as you know what is being expected or required, we have to be willing to follow those rules. We got to. Paul said this about reaching people. He said, I'm going to do everything in my power that I can do so that others can come to know Christ. That's the same thing we've got to be willing to do, folks. Whatever the case might be, we've got to be willing to be a person of self-sacrifice, to be a servant of God.
We got to be a loving person. We got to be a humble person. We got we got to put the idea in our head that brother or sister so and so has has needs that need to be met, and God wants me to meet them. He's going to use me to do it with. And when I get that made up in my mind that I'm going to be a humble person so that I don't focus on me, but I focus on them, then God's going to honor that. He's going to bless that attitude. He's going to, he's going to be thrilled that his child has decided to become like him. You know, there was a movie I watched one time that made me sad in a way at, at the time. Turned out at the end that it was a good movie though. It's called a Fly Fruit. And there's this these two boys playing in the middle of the living room floor. They're playing bat battleship. And they're both talking to each other about different things. And somehow the subject got switched to uh, the occupation of one of the two boys. And one boy said, He sells cars for a living. And the other one said, is that what you want to be when you grow up? And the little boy said, no, I don't think so. And the other one asked him, why? And he said, well, sometimes my dad's not honest with people. He doesn't tell them if something's wrong with the car or this or that. Anyways, my point being is, is that when people look at me, I hope they don't say, I don't want to be like because if I'm not living my life for Jesus, then they're going to probably end up saying that. But if I am living my life for Jesus, if I am continuously pointing people to Jesus, if I am striving to touch the hearts of this community and change people's lives, if I am reaching the lost souls of this community, if I am doing what I can to unite the body of Christ, if I am... Uh, teaching this other people discipleship and teaching them the way to live for Jesus so that it impacts other people's lives, praise God. And that last one, healing the sick. If I can do all of those things, not only am I fulfilling the vision of this church, and not only am I doing what I can to promote the mission statement of this church, but I want to be pleasing to God. And that's what we need to be. Because the world may hate you. Jesus even said that the people are going to probably despise you, use you, turn their backs against you, throw you to the lions, so to speak. But if they do, you do what Philip did the day they stoned him to death. He said, Father, forgive them. And what Jesus himself said as well. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know, it's hard, but it's possible. We can do it, but we got to get our mind made up that we're going to be living in the servanthood. You live in a certain neighborhood right now, but there's a lot better things awaiting you if you're living in servanthood. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit, God. I thank you, Lord, for blessing this church, your church, because this church is yours. It's not ours. It never will be, never had been. And, and Lord, I thank you, God, that your spirit is here in our midst right now. And that every heart, every life is submitted to this word that has just been preached to us.
that we are going to be people that love one another. We are going to be people who are, have a humble mindset when it comes to ministering to the needs of others. And Lord, that we're also going to be people that are self-sacrificing, willing to give of ourselves in whatever way we need to, to reach others for Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that you have heard our cries today and that you're going to answer them as only you can in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to ask as I do most every service. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior today, you can't live in the service hall because you have to be a child of God in order to do so. So I'm asking you right now to search your heart, examine yourself honestly and truthfully. Is, are you needing Jesus as your Lord and Savior today? If you do, please raise your hand and let me pray with you. Anyone at all? Father, we thank you, dear God, that you have heard us, you have seen our hearts, because you've judged the heart, not the, not the physical appearance or even the things we do, God. Because we can do all the right things and still miss out on having you as our Savior and Lord. But God, I praise you in the name of Jesus that no hands were raised because I believe that every one of us knows Jesus as our Lord and Savior. I believe everyone in here today has their name in your land's book of life. And Lord, as we leave this place today, let the Holy Spirit guide and direct our steps. Help us to find someone to minister to in your name, God. Whether it's by asking them if they just need somebody to pray for them, or whether it's to ask them the all-important question, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I pray, dear God, that as we utter those words to people that need to hear those words, that they'll allow us to minister in your name to these individuals. And we thank you and we praise you that it's done in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. I appreciate y'all for being here today. And I, we're going to have, once again, we have at 545 to 6, we have intercessory prayer or pre-service prayer here at the altar or in your chair, wherever you want to do it at. And then at 6, we have life group. I'm teaching on the baptism of the Spirit and possibly number 8 as well. I'm not 100% sure about that one. That may wait till next week. But anyway, number seven is the receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so if you would please come and be here for that, I know you'd get a blessing out of it. Even if it's not something that you desire at the moment, that's okay. You don't have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit in order to go to heaven. All you have to do in order to go to heaven is to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the only thing that the Bible requires, is what God's Word says. So... But what I would encourage you is if you haven't got it and you want to receive it, please come and be part of what God's going to do tonight. I believe he wants to be able to baptize some of us with the Holy Spirit that doesn't already have it. And so that being the case, let's stand and we're going to be dismissed in the Lord of Prayer. Brother David, would you dismiss us in prayer this morning? Yeah, Lord, we just come to you right now just... Thank you for the word that we've heard this morning about what it means to be a servant of you and how to serve others and what you know you want from us and and how to to be better at helping our community and we just you know praise you for that and hope you're able to come tonight to learn more about the baptism of the Holy Spirit 
and what that means for us and and that how we can receive it lord and we just thank you for the days ahead and for everything you are to us we ask god we pray all this in your presence in god's holy name amen amen, amen. thank you all for being here god bless you we love you you're just